who will survive? Means nothing. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah, unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream. give you a show like you have never ever seen before why because i can hello everyone and welcome to a very special episode of the positively pro wrestling podcast i'm your host steve fountas and no one's with me today because i'm going to kick it over to an awesome guest spot show i did which was originally supposed to be on their show, but then we decided to be on my show, talking about the Fully Posable podcast. I met up with Jeff when I was out in California last week. Jeff of the Fully Posable podcast, him and Celeste were awesome to me, took me to the second best Mexican restaurant in town. Thank you for that, Jeff. And we had an awesome conversation about our wrestling fandom and just stuff we love about wrestling. And even a little bit of figure talk, too, was thrown in there. And I think... Uh, you guys will like this a lot to hear some stories from Jeff you probably haven't heard before. And since Fully Posable is pretty strict on their figure talk, which is awesome because they stick to a subject unlike us who bounce all over the place, you guys can get to see maybe a set of Jeff you haven't seen before and, and some fun stories that I, I know I haven't heard listening to their show that I had all these years. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, guys, please do. We're at Podcast. And if you're listening to this, you, wherever you found us from, we appreciate that. If this is your first time listening to us, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your favorite podcast from, we will feed right into that. And you also can follow Jeff on Twitter at Fully Posable there, the Fully Posable podcast. If you want to support our show or their show, head to whatmaneuver.net, pick up a t-shirt, and it'll go straight towards the server cost of keeping these shows free for you guys. Uh, a couple notes, the audio where Jeff and I recorded wasn't the best. Jeff's mic is perfectly fine. Mine, there's a few ups and downs where I did my best over the past hour and a half or so here to adjust the audio at parts where I felt it needed it. Uh, But for the most part, it just sounds like I'm on a Skype call, which is funny. It was right across the table from him. Uh, So that I'm going to take the blame for. I should have asked for headphones so I can adjust my levels more like I always do. So that's on me, but because this show is so fun, I think you guys will like it so much. I think you guys can deal with the not top-notch audio you're used to from us over here at the PPW Podcast. But check it out. Uh, the interview is going to kick over. And after it's – it's not even an interview. It's just a show. So I'm going to stop calling it an interview. Our show that Jeff and I did of the Fully Posable Podcast and me, the PPW Podcast, I'm going to kick it over there in a second. And after that, the show's going to end. So – Really appreciate everyone sticking with us while we had a couple weeks off. I hope everyone has an awesome Thanksgiving. And if you're traveling this holiday, maybe this will make your drive a little shorter. Enjoy, guys. My first thing I can remember is the Hulk Hogan under the Giant storyline. Now, I still can't pinpoint if I remember renting the Hulkamania 3 tape, which did a whole storyline, the rise of that story. So 
anyone wants to check that out, find it on YouTube. I don't think it's on the network. Hulkamania 3 is the whole Hulk Hogan-Andre saga leading into WrestleMania 3. The thing I remember the most is it was Hulk and Andre and Bobby Heenan at like a, a table for like their contract signing or something like that. And Bobby Heenan was going over like, Andre needs a special belt. This belt's not going to fit him. We need a special <laughs> belt. That's the first thing I remember of that. And the first time I remember watching week to week to week is the lead up into WrestleMania 7 right after Sergeant Slaughter won the championship. I know I was watching before then, but that's kind of my first time watching. And I don't know what inspired me to want to watch wrestling. I think it was just on one day and I was drawn to it because my parents didn't watch him. I didn't have any older brothers or sisters that watched it. None of my friends did. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just how I started watching it. I still don't know what drew me to it, but that first Hulk, Andre, oh my God, what's going to happen storyline is what first got me. Now, did you have any friends that you could go to that you were like, oh, my God, did you see that Hogan-Andre thing? No, that's, that's the thing, and that's, that's what's so weird is why I stuck with it is because even growing up, up until I'd say about third grade, I didn't have any friends that watched wrestling. So mm-hmm. I was by myself in this own little world where my sister would be mad at me because she wanted to watch Saved by the Bell, <laughs> and I wanted to watch WWF Superstars or Wrestling Challenge. And that's another thing. I was only a WWF fan. Right. Even though Chicago, where I'm from, has a big NWA, WCW history. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I'd say 92 when I'd see Saturday Night that I watched WCW. Uh, what about you? What was your first? What did you first get into? Was the wrestling figures? Was it? It, it was the figure. So a, a lot of people know this yeah. story is Scott got a Hulk Hogan LJN figure for Christmas one year and he got it from our aunt. And Scott was going around thanking everybody. And I went over and being the curious little brother, I went up and I picked it up and I'm like, this doesn't move. It's dumb. You know, where's the articulation, right? I'm like, this is dumb. And I just tossed it aside. And I was like, okay, Scott can have his little toy. Little brother ain't gonna mess with this one. Little did he know a few months later, I'm messing with all of his toys, Uh especially wrestling figures. We've heard about the kiss doll. Yes, that's still a touchy subject with that guy over there. (laughs) We were kids. So we left all of our Christmas toys out so we could play with them during the two weeks that we had off from school. Sure. And I'm sitting downstairs. It's Saturday morning. I want to say Muppet Babies were done or something like that. Right. And all of a sudden Hogan comes on the TV and I'm thinking, wait a second, that's the guy that Scott just got. Mm-hmm. And I'm now I'm looking at the figure and I'm looking back at TV, looking back at the figure, looking back at the TV. And now everything's starting to kind of yeah. revolve around what's going on. I'm like, this, this is crazy. What is going on? And then I'm starting to watch a Ricky Steamboat match and I'm like, what? This guy's like a ninja this guy's awesome this was like all must have been like superstars all american wrestling or yeah, something like it was that. it was the superstar yeah. show and now i'm like enthralled with this i can't get enough of this and i need to learn more and you only had it once a week then so when scott got the figure mm-hmm. Hogan, was he a fan or did someone just give it to him so scott tells the story that he went to best or is it service merchandise one of the two department store yeah he went to an old school department yeah. store that isn't around anymore uh-huh. And he saw Jimmy Superfly Snuka up on the pegs, mm-hmm. LJN. And he turns to my mom and he, mo- he goes, Mom, I want that. She goes, no, you have enough toys. You've got G.I. Joe. You've got He-Man. You've got all these toys. You don't need another collection. Mm-hmm. She goes, if you were to start another collection, you got to get rid of your old toys. What did Scott do when he got home? Packed up all of his He-Man, all of his G.I. Joes. And he said, Mom, I'm ready for uh, wrestling figures. She goes, well, Christmas is around the corner. Uh-huh. So... Just wait till Christmas. So Scott ends up and he gets the Hulk Hogan yeah. LJN and that's what starts it all up. But also kids at school were talking about it with him. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, Hillbilly Jim and Hulk Hogan and this junkyard dog guy. These guys were great. And Scott's like, 
I got to learn more about yeah. this. So that's how Scott started to get into it. And then I followed suit because I was the younger brother that always looked up to my older brother. Uh-huh. So that's when my, his fandom relayed over to me. Yeah. And then you're, you see the Hogan figure. And what's funny, you were telling that story about seeing the TV and like doing like the double take figure thing. And I obviously didn't know you when you were a kid. Right. So in my head, you, you mental image, I'm picturing you, now you, but mini. Yeah. So basically you, but mini, like doing the back and forth, like looking at the two things. It's just really a funny visual. So really well, it's funny too, because like, I didn't know where else to find the wrestling. I was like, okay, I want to watch more of this. This yeah. is awesome. It's only on for an hour. Why? I need more. Where do I get more? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know. And and then I had to wait till the following Saturday because I was right back to the TV. I was like, I need to know more of what just happened. You know, you know what's going on with this Hogan guy and that's all this. A, and that's another thing too is I know that is how you found it, how we found it. And everyone listening to this, there's probably not very many people that didn't have to at least figure this out. Like pretty much everyone listening to this grew up in a world where there wasn't internet your whole life. Correct. You know, hopefully, you know, there might be <laughs> kids in this world. Uh, but that was the thing is that was I think part of the reason why I don't remember watching week to week because I didn't know when it was on. Mm-hmm. Like I, whenever I thought I figured it out, mm-hmm. and there this is back in syndication. Like okay, it's on at Saturdays at eight a.m. Mm-hmm. I get up and I use it. It's Muppet Babies. Okay, what the heck? I guess wrestling's not on today, right? And then you're flipping through the channels and there's and maybe if you had TV guy, but I could barely read that. Like five <laughs> or six years old, but you catch it again. You're like okay, now it's on, and then you try to figure it out. And then wait a minute, it's on Sundays too. What's this wrestling challenge I'm thinking of? Yep. And then all of a sudden, there's a Saturday night's main event. You're like what is this on every week? And yep. It's just it's just crazy that we had to figure it out. But we did because it was wrestling. And then primetime wrestling on Monday oh nights. Oh, my God, yeah. Well, when primetime came on, I was like, I need to go to bed because I have to be up for school tomorrow. Uh-huh. But primetime wrestling is on, and now they're showing a match of Tito Santana versus Greg the Hammer Valentine. I'm like, uh, you know, <laughs> now I'm having this mental fight going, I need sleep, but I also want to watch the, more wrestling. Because right, primetime was on local time, 8 to 10, mm-hmm. right? You know, so my bedtime's 8 or 9 o'clock. Like, right. My mom's like, what are you doing? I always remember... This was, you mentioned Christmas break before. There was a week before Christmas break. And it was Monday and like I, primetime was on. I'm like, I was like, was determined I was going to watch this. I don't remember the match, but I was determined to watch it. Right. My mom comes down and she goes, it's time for bed. And I was like, I was like negotiating like kids do, trying to do what I can. <laughs> like, I'll get up early. I'll help you with the garbage or whatever I negotiate. And she goes, well, look, you're off school for two weeks starting next week. You step as late as you want for the next two weeks to watch primetime. So I'm just like, oh my God, I went right to bed because I had... Two weeks to look forward to. I could stay up and watch it. Yep. And now I've got a couple of kids and a four-year-old that negotiates with me all the time. She wants to watch <laughs> Kids Baking Championship, but she has DVR. We didn't have DVR. We couldn't record it. We had to watch it. Well, we had VHS, but I mean, right. the VHS tapes were expensive to record. Mm-hmm. And you know, and we someone didn't. would tape over it. You're, yep. You've got your superstars all of a sudden. Yep. What is this? The Young and the Restless. Wow. <laughs> so when did you realize that there was another federation or organization that- I'd say- Around the time Jake the Snake went to WCW, mm-hmm. I, I knew – so that was 92, right mm-hmm. after WrestleMania 8. So I knew WCW existed because I knew Sting. Mm-hmm. And when Ric Flair came over to the WWF in 91, my neighbor across the street was older. And he was like, oh, that's Ric Flair. He's the best wrestler ever. And I'm like, no, no, we don't even – this. he stinks because on WWF TV at the time, they were burying him monsoons. Like that title means nothing and no yeah. one knows where he got it from. Yep. And our neighbor explained to us, no, no, there's this other wrestling. He wrestles all over the world and blah, blah, blah. And, but again, like, I don't know when this is on. Like mm-hmm. We had cable, but I still know, I didn't know what TBS was or 605 or any of that stuff. But then when Jake the Snake came on, I remember seeing the advertisements for the pay-per-views. 
him versus Sting. And in my head, I'm like, I got to see this. Right. I, keep in mind, I had never seen Sting before outside of a wrestling figure form. But he's talk about someone that grabs the t- kid's attention. Neon colors, blonde flat top. I, I think I bought that wrestling figure at Kmart or something like that. Or my, my mom got it for me. Can I ask a quick question? Sure. Did you ever get Pro Wrestling Illustrated or anything like yes, that? Yes, yes. Now, did you ever see Sting, Flair, Barry Windham, any of them? In yeah, there? that's probably a thing too, right? Again, didn't really recognize where they were from. Right. But the PWI, I also remember thinking that WWF magazine was fake. Like wrestling WWF and WF magazine was fake. Mm-hmm. PWI and WCW was real. Like, I convinced myself in my head, like, that's why they were so different. Because WWE is more about chain wrestling and stories. There was no fireworks. I mean, there was fireworks and all that. But no over-the-top characters, I guess, for what was that? PN News? (laughs) Um, But I remember thinking one's real and one's fake. That was the logic in my head Mm -hmm. that I came up with. It's just weird things you would come up with as a kid to try to fill in the holes. Right, right. But yeah, that's that's when I figured out WCW was real. Was that first or WCW was a thing? Was the first Jake the Snake versus Sting feud? The funny thing about us was we had just got done watching Superstar. So mm-hmm. what Scott and I would do is we would either a go out and play, mm-hmm. or b play Nintendo. Okay. And so we're sitting there, and all of a sudden we hear our dad pounding on the banister because my parents have a tri-level house. Okay. So they have a banister, like a, a handrail that goes upstairs. Well, what my dad would do is he would always pound on it. Hey, you got a phone call? Pound, pound, pound. Hey, yeah, yeah. something's on TV? Pound, pound, pound. You know, that's he always did Again, that. I'm picturing mini you and he's got <laughs> like in the basement playing Nintendo. Well, well, it wasn't the basement. It was on the thir- thir- it was up on the third level in this little spare room that we always plugged in our Sega Genesis and Nintendos and all that stuff. Is this the same Nintendo where... Uh, Scott would cheat or you would cheat. At oh yeah. That was the same thing. Okay, okay. Yes. Yeah, so that was me. Um, <laughs> I own that one. Um, so Scott and I look at each other because my dad pounds on the banister and he says, Hey, there's wrestling on. And we're like wrestling yeah. uh, superstars is over. We don't, there's no other wrestling. And we're like, what channel dad? And I forget. He said 17 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay. So we turn it on and there's Ric Flair just yelling at us. Sure. And NWA. Was this like the studio show? Oh, it was the studio show. Awesome. And Ric Flair's just yelling at us. And he's like, you know, diamonds are forever. And we're like, whoa, what is all this? So mm-hmm. then we start seeing the Barry Windhams. And Around Luke. what year is this, would you say? This was about 86. Okay. So then we're seeing the Russians and the uh, Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express. And now we're just blown because now a whole nother universe now exists. Yeah. And we're like, wait a second. There's something else other than WWF. And so we're now we're enthralled. So with in 86, you guys are also all in with wrestling anyway. Correct. And you do anything you want or anything you can to get more. Right. And now this is in your lap. Yep. Yep. That's incredible. Yeah. This is like mind blowing to us. Uh-huh. So <laughs> then, so then it started. So this, there weren't really rivals at the time. I guess they kind of were. We just didn't know it as kids. Like the whole you know, Starcade. Mm-hmm. We're gonna you know, black. Vince is gonna black out Starcade if you show. If, we're not. What was the story with Starcade and Survivor Series where Vince told the pay per view providers if you carry Starcade, you can't have WrestleMania three. WrestleMania four. Uh, WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. But yeah, that was the big rival. We didn't know about. Yeah, yeah. So, so were you guys picking sides, or were you just straight WWF? You didn't care. We didn't care, dude. We just wanted more wrestling. Mm-hmm. That was all we wanted. Was like, oh, okay, you know, cool. You know, it wasn't really until. 96, 97, 98, where it almost felt like you had to pick a side. Were you able to fill in the dots that these are two separate companies that are not going to cross over when you were kids? Um, yes, except for the fact that sometimes you would see Sam Houston wrestle on NWA, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden he's on WWF, and you're like, 
okay, what's going on? Or you would see the same job guy wrestle earlier in the day and then be on the NWA right. studio show, like Italian Stallion or something like that. Uh-huh. Or you, know, you would see kind of the same job guys bounce back and forth. Yeah, and then also looking back now when you watch old superstars or the network or wherever you can get them, you'll notice like the same people in the crowd because they do these mass tapings. Yep. At the time, you didn't think about it. You're just thinking they're just, hey, once a week, this is live at 10 a.m. somewhere in the, yep. in the country, you know? Yep. So that was interesting too. What did your family think and friends think when you and Scott and you are just all in on this being a wrestling fan was people like worried or like okay this is what they're into nope that's our parents were always like oh this is what they're into mm-hmm. cousins aunts uncles oh, okay you know did anybody else in your family like get into it as much as you did uh no no it was just Scott and myself that's awesome that was that was it man it was just us two and we just we wanted so much of it mm-hmm. um our friends would watch it with us but they were loosely based yeah and to this day, a lot of our closest friends are loosely based yeah. wrestling fans. We do have the few mm-hmm. that do, you know, follow it week to week and they'll follow AEW and they'll follow WWE and all that stuff. But there's mainly it's just Scott and I are like, we have to be glued to the TV. Yeah. You know, that's exactly where we are. And to this day, like, I, I don't watch Raw. I, I'm, I'm honest. Yeah. I, I I don't watch Raw, you but I, three hours. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I'll watch AEW. I'll mm-hmm. watch NXT. I'll watch. Uh, for some reason, I'm catching myself watching SmackDown if there's not a good college football game on. Yeah. So I'm. I'm. And now I'm also a huge New Japan nut. Mm-hmm. So I'll watch as much of that stuff as I can. I just don't gravitate towards Raw for some sure. reason. Well, I mean, I, I get it. I get it. Especially, I'll talk about it in a second here about how I became lapsed for a second. I think with me, my dad would embrace it with me he would just he wouldn't watch it with me he would kind of he would he called it wrestling which is funny <laughs> because he's from the south side of chicago has no southern accent whatsoever he called it wrestling my uncle would tease me about it but in like a fun way he'd be like oh my god i like that undertaker he's dead and like i thought my undertaker, <laughs> my undertaker fandom came because i thought my uncle liked him uh-huh so i thought my uncle was so cool i'm gonna like the undertaker but really he was just teasing me i didn't realize it till later <laughs> um but again, with friends and stuff, the only like maybe in third or fourth grade, I had a friend named Jason. I remember we bonded over liking wrestling, and this is in '92 or '93 mm-hmm. when wrestling is kind of declining in popularity big time, and we were really in. And he had all the Hasbro's; he had every Hasbro. Yep. So I'd go to his house for sleepovers, we'd go to his matches, all that. So that was my only bond to watching wrestling. Which is why I asked you about what other people thought, because at least you had your brother. I had no one really to watch it with up until the Attitude Era. Yep. So I just never wonder. I always wonder why I stuck with it, because it, I, you figure you want to talk with someone about it, but it was my own. It was my thing for me. It was kind of interesting. Now your friend Jason, did he yep. collect figures? Yes. So he had again all the Hasbro's. He was the first guy to show me the WCW the Galoobs. Oh. He had those too, and like I saw them like what are these like i get i had the sting right but i didn't know there was this whole other world i'm like because he showed me the rick flair because i remember he the rick flair the famous rick flair has but looks terrible mm-hmm. he showed me the galoob one he's like no no i use this one when they wrestle i'm like oh my god what's this and he comes with a belt and all this stuff so it blew my mind like this whole other world of wrestling merch and wrestling everything was like another company too mm-hmm. i was aware of wcw but i wasn't aware they had merchandise <laughs> what would you say is the height of your fandom? Ooh, uh, height of the fandom. I mean, I guess it, it doesn't have to be one era. It could be a couple. Well, years. see, that's the tough thing is because today I'm watching so many different companies mm-hmm. that I could technically say today. Yeah. 
where, I mean, granted, I didn't have access to all those companies back in the day, but I mean, I loved the golden era. I loved uh-huh. the WrestleMania three, four, five, six. I love all those. When you were watching those golden, did you guys ever get to order pay-per-views? So we went to WrestleMania four close circuit. You did at the Oakland Coliseum. I was, oh my God, I, I've never talked to someone who's been to a closed circuit. Let's okay. hear the story. So I close, this closed circuit story. Let's hear it. Closed circuit is basically, they drop down this huge giant projector screen. Was the Coliseum just like where the Warriors played? Yep. Okay, the Golden Circuit. Yep. Okay. And they showed WrestleMania 4 on it. And I kid you not, they had thousands and thousands and thousands of people there to watch Did they it. have the commentators with the audio and everything too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they played it over the speakers and it was... Concession stands open. It was like watching in a, a, a huge movie theater. Uh-huh. And it was great. Yes, concession stands were open. Did your parents bring you guys? Yeah, they sure awesome. did. Um, Scott and I have told this story on our show where I saw Strike Force lose the belts mm-hmm. to demolition and I cried. And Scott is laughing hysterically because I was sitting on the end. My mom was sitting next to me to my left. Scott was next to her and my dad was on the end, the other end or something like that. And Scott is laughing because Demolition just or Demolition just beat Strikeforce, uh-huh. clobbered Rick Martell with the Fuji's cane. And I am crying. I was like, Tony's got to come out and reverse this. <laughs> this is this is not acceptable. Everybody just saw this. How is this? How is this being? You know, how yeah. is this being continued? You know, this is wrong. And Demolition won the belts, and Strike Force never got the belts back. <laughs> they also had the never-ending feud where Tito Santana would constantly attack Rick Martel. Every Royal Rumble going forward. How great! Happened. How great was that? It was awesome. And that's we've always joked: if Rick Martel ever gets in the WWE Hall of Fame. Tito's got to attack him on the stage <laughs> to go full circle with That's it. a good point, yes. He's got to. Because it, it never felt like it died off. No. Like it always felt like something was there. Mm-hmm. And I, you're, that's a great point. They always went after each other in the Royal Rumbles. I loved it. Back to the closed circuit. Was this a thing where you – how did you guys even know about it? Was it advertised in the papers, like closed circuit here? Did your parents know? Parents found out. Okay. Like we're bringing and, them. Yeah, we're bringing them. These kids love this wrestling stuff, so we're just going to bring them. And it was a four-hour show. Yeah, that was a long show. Only four hours. But Macho Man won. Macho Man won. Scott was going bazonkers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still upset because Strike Force just lost. Shaking <laughs> <laughs> your pop, I guess. Your yeah. coke and you got your popcorn. <laughs> Do they sell merch? Do you remember? Uh, yes, they did. Wrestling they sold, merch. They sold WrestleMania Four T-shirts, just the logo T-shirts. Uh-huh. I said WrestleMania Four, and I had that shirt until I was like ninth grade. Yeah, ninth grade. I was like, this, this is great, man. That's awesome. That's but probably one of the last closed circuit shows they did. It was WrestleMania Five. We ordered the pay per view at a friend's house, mm-hmm. and six. I think Scott had to get the tape the following day from someone. Yeah, and then we watched Hogan Warrior match. So it was kind of. It was kind of cool seeing the progression. Seven, we got to watch because we may or may not have had a cheater box. Oh, sure. Yeah. I don't know if anybody remembers those, but. Yes, we call it the black box or the cheater box. Yep. For those who don't know, back before the days of digital cable, where cable was analog, there were basically the pay-per-view channels were scrambled. And the cheater boxes would unscramble those pay-per-view channels. Oh, yeah. Maybe the Playboy channel. It may not be available as well. Spice channel. Yeah, what's this? <laughs> Spice channel. But, yes, there was a thing to have. And everyone knew someone that had it. Mm-hmm. You guys were one that had it. Uh, my dad's friend had one. And we would always go to his house for the pay-per-views. And my friend Jason had one. And you mentioned getting the tape the next day. When pay-per-views were on a Sunday or a Monday, I obviously couldn't go there, but I'd come to school that day he'd have the tape like he'd like slide it to me like we're doing like a deal like you know like it's so scandalous but i would he was my hookup for it so how did you watch the wrestlemanias i i never got him on pay-per-view up until i was 
I'd say WrestleMania 14. I take that. WrestleMania 12 was the first one I saw live because my friend ordered it for us. We went to his house. Mm-hmm. The same friend that super kicked the Mercedes. He's the <laughs> one that ordered it for us. Uh, but again, I had the friend that had the cheater box. And then I had uh, my dad's friend. If, if it was maybe maybe once in a while we would go. I think WrestleMania 7 we got to go there to his house. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania 8 I did not. I remember because I threw a tantrum. My mom said no. <laughs> Sunday of school tomorrow. My dad was like, well, your mom said no. So I threw a tantrum. <laughs> I, had, I told this story before the show. So, uh, my show. WrestleMania 8, big, big pay-per-view for me as a fan. Yeah. I asked you, what's your favorite like era? 92 is one of my favorites, 91, 92, mm-hmm. just because of how old I was at the time. And I was so pumped for Macho Man versus Flair. I was so pumped for Bret Hart versus Roddy Piper. I needed to know who won. I had my dad call his friend and read results to me over the phone. <laughs> like it was a Mean Gene hotline or something. <laughs> and like I'm throwing a tantrum. My dad's like, I'll call him. But he's like, he said Bret Hart won. I'm like, yes, Bret Hart won. He said, <laughs> he's like, he said Macho Man won. I'm like, we didn't win the title. He's like, no, no, he won the title. I was like, oh, my God. I called my friend Jason. He couldn't text. you got to bring me the tape tomorrow. I was like, I'll bring you the tape tomorrow. I'll watch that thing over and over. <laughs> Did they show the Elizabeth pictures? All that, too. What what a tease that was. Oh, oh my God, dude. Like I was, That was what I was waiting for. <laughs> I was like, what are these pictures that Flair has? And they never unveiled them, unfortunately. Yes, the big screen. I remember uh, Bobby Heenan was talking about, you're going to see the staples on her stomach or something like that <laughs> up on the big screen. So my other question for you is, if you didn't get the pay-per-views or any pay-per-views mm-hmm. up until WrestleMania 12, which yeah. 1996 so how, how did you keep up with the results did you just watch monday night raw or? a couple ways um one i mentioned the pay-per-views were scrambled yeah however when i say scrambled, that just means the image is incredibly distorted to the point you can't see it but the audio came in crystal clear yep so in my basement i had a little 12 inch tv mm-hmm. next to our big tv i would play nintendo while the paper was going on and listen to the results and listen to the play by play. That's that was, awesome. That was my big thing. And I remember a one time, and again, if you've listened to us before, you've heard me talk about this, but I'm sure some people have not heard this story. Wrestle or not WrestleMania, Royal Rumble 94. Uh, I'm watching the pre-show, waiting for it to scramble. Like always, I've got my setup. I've got my, you know, my Coke and I've got my, uh, the Tecmo Super Bowl season ready to play for three <laughs> hours here. And all of a sudden the pay-per-view starts. It doesn't scramble yet. And I remember that. That was the one where Ted DiBiase was the guest commentator with Vince McMahon. This is also the rumble where Lex Luger and Bret Hart won. Mm-hmm. And it didn't scramble. I'm like, oh, my God. I sprinted upstairs like the fastest man alive, grabbed the tape, popped it in, hit record, sat on pins and needles the entire pay-per-view, hoping it wouldn't descramble. It didn't. Whoa. To this day, I don't know what happened. And I know no one ordered it for me. My mom would never in a million years spend 20 or 30 bucks on a pay-per-view on me. She was like, no, you can rent the tape at the video store like you always do. Right. Uh, but yes, that and because of that, Rumble 94 holds a special place in my heart. <laughs> and I was just enthralled with that pay-per-view. And it's still a great Royal Rumble. It too. is. It's it one is. of the best Royal Rumbles ever. People crap on the ending. And it's also the famous one where Owen kicked Brett's leg out of his leg. Yes. <laughs> we still make fun of that. What about when the Attitude Era started? Did you guys get a lot of Bandwagon fans, I oh, like yeah. to call. So, 97, 98. Probably yeah. 97s when Nitro really took off. Well, the thing was, is, and you'll hear this from a lot of fans, I was big into wrestling up until about 93, and mm-hmm. then I fell off. And then when Austin Rock NWO came in, that's when I picked back up. So there's always that gap, mm-hmm. about a two-year gap, where nobody paid attention. I'm glad they didn't pay attention into the uh, 95 era. Because that was horrible. Hey, we did a whole show in 95. I found a lot of good in 95. Survivor Series 95 is a great pay-per-view top to bottom. 
What was 95? The main um, event was Bret Hart versus Diesel for the title where Bret Hart wins with the roll-up. That's right. That's right. There's also there's the wild card match where the heels and the good guys are together. Okay, yes. I Go will ahead give and you watch that. it. Also, 95 SummerSlam has the much, the better Razor versus HBK ladder match, I would argue. Mm, mm. However, it does have Diesel versus um, King Mabel in the main event. Uh, okay. But we got the Mabel figure because of that. So you got to be... But we also had WrestleMania 11 at the time. WrestleMania 11 was not... It had salt and pepper. <laughs> had Lawrence Taylor. Had the worst the worst Bret Hart match of all time. Yeah. Versus Bob Backlund. I would agree. Okay. I would definitely agree. So, yeah. We'll skip 95 except for a couple handful. Of but the funny thing is, is there's always those gaps of everybody always saying, oh, yep. I didn't watch between 94 and 96 or 95 and 97. Mm-hmm. And then you always hear everybody come back in and go, oh, yeah, and then Austin hit. Mm-hmm. then rock hit then nwo hit and it was basically that group that faction mm-hmm. along with austin and rock that well rock may be more 98 99 but austin saving wrestling yeah that literally that flipped the wrestling landscape because wrestling was on a downslope i think you, you mentioned that we talked about that and i've talked about it before like wrestling is in this like tailspin in Mm-hmm. But me as a kid, I have no idea because I see them in the Hoosier Dome and I see these big events. I have no idea that Vince is going through a steroid trial and might go to jail. You know, I have no idea this was happening. You know, so it's interesting that WWF's almost going out of business, right? And I'm just like, this is the best time of wrestling ever. As a little kid, <laughs> I've got my popcorn and my Doritos or whatever. <laughs> I remember when the Attitude Era took off. I was in high school, and all of a sudden. These kids that were making fun of me for watching wrestling are now coming up to me for questions. I've got the info, they think. <laughs> like, hey, this Steve Austin guy, like, where are he from? I was like, well, he used to be in WCW. His name is actually Stunning Steve. <laughs> and, like, I would be like a snob to him and everything. Just a couple months ago, he was the ringmaster. Yeah, just so you know, he had green green tights. No big deal. <laughs> they said they thought he couldn't talk, so they gave him Teddy Biasi. But all of a sudden, like, this, this is taking off, and I wasn't bitter that, like, these new fans were coming in. However... It's like when you have your favorite band becomes popular. It's like, whoa, they're my special thing. Yeah. All of a sudden, you guys are coming in. Yep. And uh, that's, yeah, I was pretty much all in from 91 till right about when WCW went under is when I became lapsed. And I'll talk about when I come back again. But that was the only time I came lapsed. It was pretty much right after 2001. I don't really have any memories of watching it. That so with the Attitude Era, I was graduating high school around that time. Yeah. So I was going off to college and you would see in college the sporadic Austin 316 shirt mm-hmm. or maybe a Triple H shirt or a DX Sack. Yeah, yeah. DX Sack shirt. You'll see those shirts. Let's talk about really quick. People in 98 were telling their teachers to suck Yeah, it. that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine that now? That'd be, no. like all, that'd be all over Twitter and BuzzFeed and like <laughs> news stations. Oh my People God, would have go. their camera phones out tell, showing somebody telling their teacher to suck it. And like, that's not like hyperbole. This happened. Yeah, that, that was actually a thing that happened many, oh. many times. <laughs> Sorry to get you off topic. No, that's exactly the yeah, truth. You're in college in the Attitude Era. But back in 97, people were just starting to talk about Austin. Yeah. They were just starting to talk about him right as we graduate high school. And now we're going to college and now everybody's talking about Austin, mm-hmm. but not in college. In college, like you don't really gather that many friends. You kind of have some old school ones. Yeah, yeah. Like for me, when I was in college, there wasn't anybody really to talk to about wrestling. Right. It was like you had to find the person. You had to pick them out of a crowd. You know, mm-hmm. oh, there's a guy wearing the Austin 316. You know, I'm marching right up and talking to him about it. One of my favorite uh, 
other podcast. It's called The Lapsed Fan. And the story they talk about how they be, they became friends was in college was the one guy, uh, his name is, I think, named Jack. He was in his dorm room. And the other guy, JP, walked in. He looks down on the floor. He's an N64 with no mercy in there. He looks at him. He goes, you a fan? And like, that's how, like, it's like an inside joke now. He said, like, you a fan? And, like, that's how it, like, came up. So that was a cool story. Like, you're, just, you're finding people out through T-shirts like, hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, you, you a fan? You a fan? Let's go talk. Let's go talk about this. That's the funny thing is that a lot of my friends were, like, wrestling fans. So I kept the cl- friends from high school that were wrestling fans mm-hmm. close to me. Sure. And then college, I may have gathered a friend or two here or there, but mm-hmm. I always kept my high school friends close to me that liked wrestling. Yeah. And we would always talk about wrestling in college. It was not so much. And then it wasn't until I started working for all pro wrestling in Hayward mm-hmm. that, which you can also see on beyond the mat, I was working for them. Uh-huh. And then I started to gather all these friends and, you know, Donovan Morgan, this independent wrestler has LJNs in his room. And I'm like, He's got a box full of LJN. So you can't go into Donovan's room, but you're looking in because him and Michael Modest used to live. Modest is ready. Modest Modest is one of the greatest wrestlers I've ever seen live. Yeah. But that's a whole different. Well, he was ready according to that guy. (laughs) He was. He was absolutely ready, man. That guy was technically sound. Yeah. He was awesome. But him and Donovan used to live upstairs in this gym Mm -hmm. or this warehouse, I should say, where they used to hold the APW shows. Yeah. And so when you walked up the stairs, Donovan's room was right to the front and Donovan had all the LJNs. And I'm like, I'm like looking in the box. I was like, what LJNs does he have? Does he have Mm -hmm. warrior? Does he have rude? Does he have all the black card series? You know, I didn't know that you were involved in this. So I was camera crew. Okay. But you're still part of the team. I was there three times a week filming shows, filming, uh, doing production meetings. How'd you get involved with them? Just like show up one day, you need some help? Well, funny. School project. Uh Uh-huh. Graduation. We we were doing the studio thing. And we actually did a documentary on All Pro Wrestling. Okay. And we presented it and everybody loved it. We presented it. We gave the tape to APW and they said, hey, we need a camera crew. Do you guys want to come in? We're just like 18 years old, yeah. just graduated high school. And they were like, yeah, we'll do it. So we were there three times a week. We never got paid. But I mean, whatever. Bunch of marks. <laughs> you know, but I mean, the cool thing was, is we got to hang out with uh, Aaron O'Grady, who mm-hmm. be- later became Crash Holly. Yeah. We would go to In-N-Out Burger with him all the time. We'd hang out with Vic Rhymes. We would hang out with Michael Modest. We'd hang out with Donovan Morgan after the shows, or we'd go to Carol's, or, you know, whatever it was. We got to hang out with these guys and they would tell us stories. And that was the best part is them, you just become a sponge and you listen to the stories that they would tell. Like, oh, yeah, we were supposed to do this during the match, but we ended yeah. up nixing it. And, you know, you just become a sponge. You're like, oh, I love these stories. That's you, amazing. Like, you as can't, a fan, you're just like, you can't get kill a, for that stuff when you guys are in. That's you awesome. You can't get enough of it. Yeah. Literally. Oh, I had a tryout with WWF. Oh, how did it go? Well, Jim Ross liked me, but, yeah. you know, I don't know if Vince liked it. You know, the, the stories that these guys would tell, you're just like sitting around a campfire just listening to them tell stories. That is amazing. It is. So this, this is through the Attitude Area in college. You end up working wrestling independent thing that's very very awesome yep did you ever get laps as a fan no you were always in all the way that's awesome all the way i think so like i said i mentioned being lapsed in 2001 right after wrestlemania 17 i kind of watched a little bit when i found out that nwo was coming back to wwf hogan and hall and nash mm-hmm. so i remember watching the wrestlemania 18 pay-per-view right specifically and being blown away by that hogan rock match 
But I don't just, I think what happened is I like to joke with my wife. She goes, why'd you stop watching? I'm like, I don't know. I think I wanted to get a girlfriend. So <laughs> I was interested in girls. So from 2001 to 2006, I'm out. Like I have no memories of that. Like the whole WrestleMania 20 build, the 21 build, all that stuff, 19. Mm-hmm. And I look back, I'm like, man, I missed some good stuff. You, you did. Know? And particularly WrestleMania 19 is such a great show. And mm-hmm. the, I missed the rise of Brock Lesnar and I missed... Eddie Guerrero's championship run, and I, I missed even the rise of Cena and Batista, all that stuff. I did miss most of Triple H's Reign of Terror, as they like to call it, but mm-hmm. I missed a lot of awesome stuff. I think what brought me back was WrestleMania 22 was in Chicago, mm-hmm. and I see the commercials for it, and my friends like, are we going to go to this? I'm like, yeah, why not? We couldn't get tickets because it was in the Allstate Arena, which holds 15,000 people tops. Last, uh, last arena show, by the way. Yes, it was, and it was the night after we got tickets to the Raw after. Yep. And it was in the same building, mm-hmm. and the main event was, I think, a tag match with Triple H and John Cena versus Edge and someone else. I was there, and I cannot remember. I remember Umaga made his debut yes, there that night. he did. He tagged Ric Flair, right? Yes. Yeah. But yeah. I, what was so funny was Triple H gave a pedigree to Cena, and everyone, like, the crowd went nuts. They loved it. Yep. Because Chicago was, was booing John Cena before it was cool, everyone, just so you know. <laughs> we were the first person to boo him. <laughs> But my friend jumped up. He's like, yes, yes. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'm in. And then I kind of half watching, half watching. And then WrestleMania 27 is in Detroit. And like a week before the show, I'm looking online. I'm like, I can get three tickets for like 100 bucks. I'm going. Mm-hmm. So we drove up there the four hours. And from then on, I was in. And we went to WrestleMania every year since then. And I think that's part of a big thing that kept me a fan was going on these WrestleMania trips. Because as you know, and people that have been to WrestleMania – it's such a, a spectacle, not to be necessarily at WrestleMania itself, but to be around so many fans. And you start talking about the same as some of the stuff we're talking about tonight, about things you haven't thought about in a while. You get those warm feelings of bringing you right back mm-hmm. to a time when this was the most important thing in the world to you. And yep. for a weekend and for a day or even for a night, you get to do that again. And that's what wrestling still does for me today. I may not be as big of a fan as I was in the current product. I may not love everything, and I may watch sometimes as a critic more than a fan, which I'm trying really, really hard not to do. Mm-hmm. But it's hard now with Twitter and with Facebook oh, yeah. and with Reddit and all that stuff, yep. which I love Twitter. I mean, it's great to interact with people and talk with people. But at the same time, like I, I can't tell you how many negative stuff I see every day. It drives mm-hmm. me nuts. But – I do love all the trash talking, by the way, back and forth. <laughs> AEW fans, WWE fans, I'm a big fan of that. Now, let me ask you about that. Are yeah. you you are a fan of that? Yes, I love it. So I see a lot of people. Oh, I don't like the trash talking, and it's like, well, we grew up with the attitude. You here. had to pick a side. <laughs> I mean, okay, I have to be honest. I kind of dig the trash talking a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not so much between the. No, don't be mean, but pick well, your side. Not even between the fans. Yeah. I enjoy it between the companies. Yes. Like when Triple H made that remark at the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. I thought, oh, that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Well, well said. Very well said. And then AEW will take their shots and yeah. so on and back and forth. And I'm like, I actually don't mind this. Yeah, it was like, oh, AEW's obsessed with WWE. I'm like, well, they're the bigger company. you got to pick a fight. That's what WCW, they picked a fight mm-hmm. and they poked them enough until WWE responded. And that's, you know, Triple H is a little bit annoyed which is why he's taking a couple shots at him. Mm-hmm. Like, if he didn't care, he wouldn't mention it. Like, Correct. What do you call him? He said, Vince will buy that piss-ant little company or something <laughs> like that. But I love the trash talk. And, and and back to what I was saying, too, about these WrestleMania events and bringing me back to being a fan and being a little kid, when I go back to these shows now, even if I'm not up with a current product, 
it's still amazing to be there with all these fans that are so passionate about something. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we're both fans. And you've got, we're looking around here at all your, just a fraction of some of your wrestling memorabilia yeah. figures and stuff. And I have so much too. But at the end of the day, wrestling is just so stupid. <laughs> but we love it because it's just, it's two guys who agree to have a fake fight and then a bunch of stuff happens. Mm-hmm. I think I've someone's described it perfectly as pro wrestling television show is The Muppet Show. Where, if you remember The Muppet Show. Oh, yeah. The Muppet Show, for those people who don't know, was uh, the they're trying to put on a show and everything goes wrong. So, with wrestling, the main point of wrestling is they're going to have the matches that all these things happen mm-hmm. around it, like, to get to the game thing. And that's the simplest way to put it. And even though wrestling's so dumb and so stupid, for people that aren't fans, you can't really explain to them why. With it. You just have to watch. Mm-hmm. You have to watch with an open mind and be like, this is, I'm in right now. I'm going to accept the fact that this guy, the Undertaker, may or may not be a zombie. I'm in, and, mm-hmm. I'm, and you know, I'm going to accept that this guy here, these guys. Well, I'm trying to think of another big character right now. I'm kind of blanking on one. Oh, the Fiend. Mm-hmm. This guy, he controls the lights. I'm in. I'm going to suspend disbelief for a while, and that's what I love about wrestling is being able to do that. And again, that's why I try trying really hard now not to look at it as a critic and not as just a fan. I wish more people would do that or try to do that. One of the best things about wrestling is you can hit somebody with your car. Mm-hmm. You can set them on fire. Yes. You can do the most horrific things to their family. But as long as you pin their shoulders to the mat for three seconds. Or make them tap. Or make them tap out. Uh-huh. Everything is okay. <laughs> and that's and that's always what I think too is I get I get a chuckle on these people that nitpick when like, this doesn't make sense. Like the rules don't make sense and all that. Like the, the hell in the cell finish. Mm-hmm. Grant with where the ref called the match. Like I get it, it wasn't the best finish with Seth Rollins and the Fiend. But okay, everyone, you just all agreed for a little bit. You you accepted the fact that Bray Wyatt is two people. He controls the lights in the arena to make everything red, and he's invincible. Mm-hmm. But you you but once the ref calls, you're like that doesn't make sense within this story. Like you got to let it bend a little bit sometimes. And being critical is fine, but just have fun with it. Is all I'm saying to everybody. I like how you put the positive spin on it. Yeah. Because you've heard, we've all heard the negative mm-hmm. regarding that whole match. Yeah. But I like how you turn it into a positive. Well, the reason I started our show, the Positive Prophecy Podcast, the original point of the show was I heard so many podcasts out there, present company excluded with you guys, of course, except for the new WrestleMania series. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what WrestleMania series? Every, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> every show, it seemed like, it's an hour of us complaining about what we hate about wrestling. I'm like, whoa, I love wrestling. And everyone, you you have a sh- if you have a podcast about wrestling, you love wrestling whether you admit it or not. Right. So our point was, let's talk about all the stuff we love about it. And it kind of morphed into what it is today, which is a bit of a nostalgia trip show and a, and a bit of a uh, remember when show. But it still ties into everything we love about wrestling and everything we still continue to love about wrestling. And of course, there's stuff we don't like. But that's not part of our gimmick, brother. We keep it positive. <laughs> There's tons of stuff we don't like, whether AEW, WWE, New Japan, mm-hmm. and the, the new NWA, which I love, by the way. Right. There's tons of stuff to complain about, but let's not complain. There's a t-shirt we have called. I never complain online. You can get it at whatamaneuver.net. Cheap plug. There you Cheap go. Cheap plug, brother. I love it. That's that's one of our, our big things is just just have fun and enjoy wrestling because it's, it's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I've gotten to meet. So many awesome people. I wouldn't be in a house in Alameda, California right now talking with someone I met a few years ago. And I'll tell this, we'll tell the story about how we met in a second, or from my point of view. Um, without a podcast about wrestling and all these friends I met, like, like Brandon Hova, who what's funny is 
Hova, everyone knows, he talks so much crap on Twitter. <laughs> and, like, people get so mad at him. But then, like, you meet him in person, he's, just, like, the coolest he's guy. He's, like, the coolest right. dude you will ever meet right. in your it's life. Right, it's just so funny. Sorry to ruin your gift there, Hova. <laughs> um, and then, you know, your your friend, good brother Mike, who's always sending positive vibes out and sending gifts yeah. to people and things like yep. that. And uh, guys like uh, Mark Caruso was one of the first listeners of our show, and I was so happy about it. And Nate. Ring skirts. We just—he just ring skirts. Sorry, yeah. Nate. Your, your name's ring skirts. <laughs> I know. We're kind of giving up. <laughs> giving up. Well, it was funny. I had to send him a package uh, yesterday. Yeah. And I was like, "Why isn't he popping up in my stamps.com thing?" I was like, "Ring skirts." Why isn't it popping? I was like, <laughs> Nate. Oh, Nathan. Oh, there <laughs> it is. <laughs> but yeah, all this this fun stuff, which which has happened because I made a podcast because I had these stupid ideas in my head to make a show. Yeah. And that's the best thing about this is it's kind of that Twitter world that you mm-hmm. get into. And then all of a sudden you start integrating all these people into your life and then you meet them out and about and you're like, these people are great. These people are awesome. Brandon, yeah. uh, Jonathan, Mike the cleaner. Mike the cleaner is awesome, dude. I Again, love, him and Hova go at it. I know you know their buddies. They're oh buddies yeah. Yeah. Them, yeah. They've seen each other at shows and they, you know, slapping fives and all that stuff. Chad, horror movie barbecue yeah, Chad. I mean, we can go on We're and We're going to leave people out. Sorry guys. Yeah. 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 It's a blanket, yes. you know, that we can just throw over and it's just a great community. I tell people all the time to start a podcast. I'm like, just do it. It's easy. Right. And even if it, even if it's, you think it's bad. At the end of the day, it's an excuse to hang out with your friends for an hour once a week. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I don't know. You and your brother seem close, but you, no matter what, you're talking for over an hour once a week. Correct. No matter what. Correct. Which is, I guarantee you, not a lot of family members or really close friends do. Right. But you guys get to do that. And you do it every week. And I, I said this a million times. You guys don't know how hard that is. Oh, I do. <laughs> I, you do. <laughs> Listeners might not. Like, I have a show, and we're pretty much semi-monthly. Every once in a while, we'll do week to week, but... We, there's just it just so much goes into it. Mm-hmm. You guys do it, so it's awesome that you do. Two hundred episodes is huge. Two hundred consecutive episodes plus bonus episodes. Is I I appreciate awesome. it. It's just a lot of work, but it at is. the same time, you understand, man. You get it, and you have a family. Mm-hmm. Eric has right. things going on at his house that he has to deal with. Mm-hmm. I've heard the stories that you guys tell on the show, and it, kudos to both of you to even put out a show because like you said, it's one of the hardest things you can do is just put out a show. And you and I have talked off the air about how we're both crazy perfectionists about stuff, yes. particularly with our shows. Yes. And I, there's been a couple of things like in the background today where you're like, but it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but creating good content that people you th- pe- people will want to hear or you think they'll want to hear is really mm-hmm. important. You guys are also in a, a box that you created for yourself. Yeah. You go off a little bit, but you stick to the topic, which is super, super hard. Yep. I have free reign to do whatever I want, Yep. essentially, so I, it's much <laughs> easier on me. Right. So, again, kudos to you on that. And, again, everyone, start a show. You know, Doing the Favor guys started a show, what, less than a year ago, and now they've got T-shirts and they've got fans. And we met Eric and at the All Out show, and I'm probably yep. going to see him in, in Ohio this Thanksgiving, maybe. Eric, and what's up? Mike, show up at your house. Um, <laughs> It's super, super cool that we can do that. So. It, it really is, dude. It really, really is just one being able to spend time with your, like for me, I right. get to spend time with my brother to mm-hmm. do the show. We have that close bond to yeah. do, to do all that. And then on top of that, Scott and I will meet people out and about yeah. that come up to us and go, Oh wait, you're... I've seen it firsthand with you. Yeah. <laughs> is it weird? Let me ask you this. So this is a little off topic. I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off. But is, no, was, a... First time someone came up to you, like in the street, was it like, this is weird. No, it was kind of overwhelming. It was really? like, it was. I I want to say it was WrestleMania 32 in Dallas. Okay. And somebody came up to us and they go, 
you've got a fully posable shirt on because we're marks for ourselves and we Actually, wear fully posable. I mean, you got to. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh man, what's going on? It was at Dallas. And I was like, hey, what's going on? And they're like, I'm so-and-so from Twitter. And then they gave me their Twitter at handle. Mm-hmm. And I wish I remember who it was. And I was like, oh shit, what's up, dude? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I was like, holy crap. You know, I, it, that was kind of like, oh, cool. I finally get to meet somebody. Yeah. You know, and it was kind of overwhelming at first, but then it was like, okay, forget about it. Yeah. You know, hey, slapping fives, you know, talking wrestling, talking figures, talking all that stuff. I mean, at WrestleMania, you're like a celebrity. Like, celebrity <laughs> like, oh God, here we go. I got to carry Jeff's stuff. Here. That, that poor girl. <laughs> that poor girl. I don't know what, how she does it. <laughs> She's stuck with you though, right? Uh, <laughs> she, she can leave anytime. <laughs> but yeah, the first time I met you guys was at WrestleMania 34 New Orleans. And if you remember the WrestleCon bullpen everyone has in that was sort of like us, like cattle in New Orleans. Oh, members getting to go in there. Yes, and we're kind of in what we thought was a line, and all of a sudden, here comes Harley Race walking down. He was in a wheelchair at the time. Harley, of course, has since passed, and Harley Race is in his wheelchair, and everyone kind of like parts the Red Sea for him to go through to get into the convention, and like he ran out his wheelchair over my foot, <laughs> and like I looked down, like what? The? And I look up, like oh, it's we both like look like eye contact. We're like it's Harley Race. <laughs> and I saw you guys the fully posable shirts. I'm like, hey, fully posable. What's up, guys? That was your first big life meetup. And Scott, of course, like, you coming to the meetup? I'm like, yeah, I'm coming to the meetup. I just met you guys. Of course, I'm coming to the meetup. And from then on, we were. How, now, let me ask you was it kind of weird going into that meetup not knowing many people? No, it wasn't. And that could be because I'm. When it comes to WrestleMania week, I'm all about being like, what's up with everybody? Especially mm-hmm. that New Orleans. New Orleans, everyone's friends with everybody. I yep. could not find a frown in that entire city that weekend. Correct. Um, normally, so I go to stuff. My wife brings me to stuff, and like I hate it because I hate small talk with people. I hate going to people places I don't know. Mm-hmm. Drives her nuts because she's very extroverted and, hey, what's up with everybody? But for wrestling, but wrestling-wise, we've talked about all this stuff before, meeting fans and meeting friends on Twitter. I was like, okay, we have something to talk about. No matter what, we yeah. got like an in. Yeah. So, what about you guys? Were you nervous for like this first meetup you guys planned? We were kind of nervous because we didn't know how the turnout was going to be. Yeah. You know, we didn't know if we were going to have five people, fifteen people. I think mm-hmm. I think the final head count was twenty-two. Yeah. But the tough thing about scheduling something in WrestleMania is that you have to kind of schedule around all the festivities yeah. that are going on because there are a gazillion festivities going on, and you have to schedule around all that. Uh-huh. And Picking like the perfect time. Yeah. Think work. You got to think, okay, X amount of people are going to the Evolve show. Yeah. X amount of people have to be over at Access at this time. Yeah. And then you're just kind of freaking out. You're like, okay, how many people are actually going to make it to this thing? Luckily, we've had two great turnouts. Yep. And to me, the fact that anybody shows up to mm-hmm. this is to me great. Yeah. So yeah, it was kind of nerve wracking. This past one was also nerve wracking because I had to do it on my own. But at the same time, it was still have, it was that feeling of having everybody there. So you're like, so you're the host of this thing. So you've got to kind of like mingle around with everybody. That was tough. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to short anybody like some screen, some face to face time with you. That was the toughest thing is you, cause you've got to go table to table to table. Yeah. You, gotta, you know, you guys got drinks, you guys mm-hmm. doing good. Talk. Figures. You guys got drinks like the host. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. You guys got drinks doing good. Let's talk figures. Mm-hmm. Next table, you guys doing good. You know, you want to try to make sure that you don't leave anybody out at yeah. any point and they, they feel shafted or anything. But even, even last year in New York, so I brought, I went my friend Tony who's a wrestling fan, but also my friend Jeff was there 
barely watches wrestling at all. Mm-hmm. But he was just talking it up with everyone. Everyone's chatting up with everybody. It's, it's the place and, to be. And that's the cool thing that happens at these meetups is mm-hmm. that everybody starts mingling with each other. Yeah. And it kind of takes the pressure off you for after a while where you're like, okay, I can kind of breathe, drink a Diet Coke, and then yeah. get back to talking to somebody uh-huh. you know, that may be sitting over in a corner or something like and that. You guys are running raffles too. You give it yeah. away. Yeah. Hey, we try to make this worth <laughs> worth your while, you know? No cover charge? No, <laughs> no cover. Last year we got free prints from Jason Wolf. Oh, great, great how cool stuff. are those? They're hanging, mine is hanging up right behind my uh, real scale ring. It's right behind oh, me. It's nice. Perfect, perfect spot for it. Nice. I like how it's I like how it's next to the real scale ring. It is, and it's I should put it behind the Hasbro's now. I think about it though, Hasbro's would make more sense. There you go. Maybe I'm going to go a little change up when I get home. Next week. <laughs> the first time I was the first time I got recognized, I think, was uh, Ryan Miller. I call him Ronnie Garvin guy because because his profile yes, picture yes. is and Ronnie Garvin. Like, I don't want to be known as Ronnie Garvin guy. <laughs> I was in line at WrestleCon to get a ticket, and he goes, "Steve," and I'm like. He's not talking to me. He's talking to me. He goes, hey, Steve. I'm like, yes. I'm like, thinking, like, what do you want? Like, you know, he goes, it's me, Ryan. I'm like, and like you, like, again, the Twitter handle thing. He's like, yeah. and he's changed his Twitter handle since then. But he's like, is that Ryan? And I'm like, oh, hey, what's up, man? And we talked. And, up, and like, my friend Tony goes, you know that guy? I'm like, no, but I kind of do it. <laughs> and then since then, it's just a bunch of people always meeting and running into each other. It's very, very fun. So I've got to ask, was it overwhelming to you? It was weird in the sense that I still don't understand why people listen to me. Mm-hmm. My wife, my wife, I give her crap because she teased me. When I told her first, told her I was starting a podcast, she goes, who's going to listen? <laughs> Screw you, everyone listens. And um, it's just, it blows my mind that anyone would want to spend an hour in their commute or whatever and listen to us when there's so many different options out there, particularly with pro wrestlers who have actual connections and stories. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's Bruce Pritchard and Conrad got 67 podcasts and they're all three hours each. So how do you find time for us? So it's very, very humbling. Right. And very, very cool that we're, we get to do this. Yeah. And it's humbling, but it also makes me proud because I do put effort into it. Mm-hmm. And it makes it seem a little bit worthwhile. And honestly, I told my wife, she was hungry to keep doing this because I told her, like, as long as people listen, if there's, let's say at the end of the day, there's five people to listen, I'm going to do a show for those five people if they want it, you know? So it's, it's humbling. It's a little odd because I'm just a guy yeah, not, I have no. At least you have some connection to the business. You worked at a camera crew with Modest. Um, I have nothing, you know. And you guys have have built something. You're famous. You're on the toys that made us. Well, I wouldn't you, say famous. You've done 200 episodes. I mean, I, you've been on more Netflix shows than me. <laughs> you, I mean, I, I still walk into the gym and nobody knows who I am. Well, so. I mean, you got to wear as seen on the toys that made us T-shirt. <laughs> Netflix famous. You know what, man? It's it's. It's so much fun just meeting mm-hmm. the people and that's what yeah. it is. And it's hard to believe like for us that these little wrestling figures mm-hmm. is what brought everybody together. It, these wrestling figures from LJNs to Hasbros to Jacks to OSFTMs to Just Toys Bendems to Mattels and everything under else underneath the sun yeah. has brought us all together this way. And that just absolutely amazes me. Yeah, but you guys also gave everyone wallet heat. Oh yeah, I yeah. This show. I was I had no figures when I first got you guys. I had like a whole a handful of old Hasbro. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I've got a full elite scale ring full of guys. And we may or may not take credit for that. That's okay. So, do you get a kick when I always mention that uh, something about Ronnie Garvin? Yes. And I'm like, oh, Steve is in the yes. happy. <laughs> Every time I hear Ronnie, I'm like, Ronnie Garvin. <laughs> so, what is the obsession with the inside joke? Is I hate Ronnie Garvin because I don't have no memory of him as the NWA or. 
I only know him as WWF Ronnie Garvin with his feud with Greg the Hammer Valentine that never ended. Yes. They had the most boring matches ever. True. And I just hated him. I don't, it's, <laughs> it's unexplained. I just don't like Ronnie Garvin. And yeah, that's why. I have no, no real rhyme or reason for it other than I don't like Ronnie Garvin. See, no, I go back and I kind of hold on to the memories of Ronnie from NWA yeah, days. Yeah, you, you like good Ronnie. I have no good Ronnie memories. Right, but I hold on to that. And I'm like, oh, Ronnie won the NWA heavyweight title. Mm-hmm. He beat Ric Flair for it. You know, hands of stone, Ronnie Garvin. He knocked somebody out, you know? Yeah. And you know what? When you put it that way about the WWF Ronnie Garvin where he was the referee and his feud with Valentine that just never that ended. That was his only feud. His only feud. Yeah, it was actually. Him, him and Garvin. Garvin and Valentine is basically Lex Luger to Tonka WWF feud. The feuds that <laughs> never ended. True. All right. So you guys started your podcast. You have this awesome community you guys built. And you made people, I think, come out of the closet a little bit mm-hmm. in, you know, in certain terms as figure fans. Mm-hmm. And now everyone's collecting, and collecting is bigger than it's ever been, I would say, mm-hmm. as far as wrestling figures. Maybe since the Attitude Era. But as far as collectibles now, it's bigger than it's ever been. And I know there's other podcasts now that talk wrestling figures. Mm-hmm. And it's cool that you guys have just stuck to what you do. Don't worry, you've got your blinders on. Like, we're going to do what we do. Everyone does what they want to do. That's cool, too. So yep. it's cool that you guys have done that. So kudos to you for sticking with it and not giving up. That was one thing we wanted to do is we wanted to make it okay for people to go, yeah, I collect wrestling figures, so yep. what? Because that's the way Scott and I have been since the get-go. It's mm-hmm. one of those, yeah, we're going to go to the wrestling figure aisle. I had girls that called me immature, and they would they were like, we, we're we not in a date anymore because you have wrestling figures. I was like, okay, see ya. Yeah. yeah. Let, let I, me ask you this then, and we'll get into wrestling, I guess transition to our wrestling figure portion of the end of the show here. You and Celeste have been together. Celeste, you and Celeste are, lived together. Your yeah. Relationship. What was your, I guess, initial, how you approached the subject with, hey, I collect wrestling figures with her? Because she's in. She's stuck with it. Do you, were you all in when you first met her? Or have you gradually gotten bigger and bigger? Oh, well she, well, she knew right away. Okay. She knew right away that I collected wrestling figures. Like, even before we started dating, she... So even yeah, even before you guys started, to... so we're we're live, pal. The cat just jumped on me. We're live, pal. The reason I ask him that is, or ask Jeffy that, is because when I first met my wife, I really eased her into my wrestling wrestling fandom. Her and I met in two th- end of two thousand eight, and that's when I was just starting to get back into it. So you 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 told Celeste right away. She knew right away. She knew right away that I was all about wrestling yeah. figures. She knew that about me. She knew about that my about my brother. Mm-hmm. So she knew all of that coming in. But into did she the, know the extent? I don't know if she knew the extent of it, but my thing is is I've always been upfront with everybody. Yeah. I'm one of those people it's like, here's what I do. Here's what I collect. Mm-hmm. If any of that bothers you, we need to stop wasting our time right now. Yeah. You know, one date and done, that's fine. You know, if you can't handle it, so be it. Mm-hmm. You know, no loss off me, you know, yeah. maybe 50 bucks for dinner or something, you know, like that. Well, we're going to figures now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to go Dutch on this date, by the way. So <laughs> I'm going to need you to pay half the bill so I can go collect some figures. Yeah. <laughs> but, we'll buy a Target. But that's the way I've always been is that I'm going to be honest and upfront. Mm-hmm. And I collect wrestling figures. If you're not cool with it, so be it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. That's cool. And that's it's very important that you found someone that has you for, accepts you for you. When I yes, that's another thing is people shouldn't hide their. their the, and I've heard a lot of people go. I was embarrassed to collect wrestling figures. I would go to Walmart and I would look in in down the toy aisle, 
and then rush out of there. Or I would have to go late at night to a Walmart to pick up a figure. It was like they were buying, you know, like us kids when yeah. we were younger, nudie magazines. You know, <laughs> it was something like that, you know. <laughs> I uh, don't do this anymore. But when I first started getting some wrestling toys or whatever it was recently, I, I shouldn't say it's been years now. I would be when I go to checkout, I'd be like, oh, I need to get those figures for me. I need to get for seat. You know, it's not for me. But who cares what the, like, the target lady thinks? But in your head, so don't be embarrassed. Don't ask for gift receipts. Well, employees out here, they don't really care. All they want to do is just get the transaction, move, keep the line moving, and go. Yeah. So they don't care if you're buying wrestling figures. When I used to go to Toys R Us, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Uh, did you find all you wanted? Yes. Okay. Put it in the bag. <laughs> Give me the twenty-one seventy-nine. <laughs> you still remember the twenty-nine? Twenty-two, whatever it was. <laughs> I remember back when the Jacks Bone Crunchers tag team. It was the uh, Legion of Doom set we got. Yep. It was ten dollars and seventy-six cents. Oh yeah. And we had the exact change to get that bad boy. When my wife and I first started dating, I was again I mentioned a second ago. We just I just kind of started getting really back into wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I kind of told her, I was like, well, you know, it's kind of just something I do with my friends every once in a while. I'm not really that into it. And to be fair, that was true at the time. She's been with me on the journey as I have gone deeper into this fandom and collecting more stuff. And she always jokes. She goes, forever falling hard times. First thing that's going is all that stuff in the basement. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I tease her all the time. I'm like, this stuff's worth money. And I point out this, this, and this. And mm-hmm. I sold a foam belt recently for 100 bucks. She said, you sold that old dirty thing for 100 bucks. I was like, yeah, don't, man. Which foam belt? The white um, foam belt. You know the, the catalog one? No, the, the catalog one, the WWF catalog yeah, yeah, one, yeah. the world title. Oh. So there was a white variant one right. that I just happened to have, and I have no connection to it. Okay. So I put it up on uh, Twitter, and someone from the UK actually like, collects them. He's like, I really, really want this. Can you hook me up? And I was like, sure, 100 bucks. Sold. <laughs> Might have been able to get more for it, but he seemed like a genuine fan, so I gave it to him. Nice. But yeah, so it's, it's funny when she teases Well, I mean, that. let's not gloss over your collection of VHS tapes downstairs. Oh, jeez, my VHS tape collection. That, that thing is wonderful. What makes it is the video shelves I have, the video store shelves. Right. Yeah, I have uh, every big four pay-per-view of the WWF on Coliseum Video that, that existed. And that kind of started because of my love of them. One, I, I look at them a little bit as pieces of art mm-hmm. because the cover art and they're tangible to hold. I'm also a huge fan of physical media. Right. Like I stole a ton of movies and vinyl records and Blu-rays and DVDs, all that stuff. I love physical media. I love being able to hold stuff. I hope that there'll always be some form of physical media, downsides, whatever. I always want there to be something tangible to hold. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the VHS is, is, this is how I grew up. Every weekend, we would go to the video store. And it's such a good memory of my dad getting off work on Friday or Saturday, bringing me and my sister. And you, as a kid, that was like your one time where you can, it's your independent choice to pick whatever you want. And the possibilities are endless. Like, you, am I going to get a new release? Am I going to get, you know, Back to the Future Part 3 because I didn't see it in the theater? <laughs> or am I going to run WrestleMania 8 again? You know, or am I going to check out Super Tape? Or, and then there, when we were kids, there were so many video stores. So there was your local one, and then maybe there was Blockbuster. Maybe there was your second local one. So you had to go to different ones to, to see they had different tapes, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And I tried to recapture that with my video store I built in the basement. I also have behind the cassettes the plastic cases you would bring up to the counter. Because I don't know how your video stores were. But oh, here, yeah. we had the cases behind it. So if it wasn't behind it, it means it was checked out. Some stores had the tabs. Yep. We had the case behind it. I found those plastic cases on eBay. Some guy had several boxes. I go, how much do you want for all of them? He's like, I don't know, 50 bucks? Like, sold. So he sent them all to me. <laughs> the shelving took forever to find. 
It was on Facebook Marketplace. A guy bought a building, and they were in the basement. He put them up there for 20 bucks each. And But the problem was it was like five hours away in Michigan. So I'm like, I'm never going to see these anymore. Like, these don't exist anymore. You'll never get that I'm price. I'm never going to get that price. Yep. I'm going to have to build these for one of them. So I, I, who I work, what place I work with is a lot of trucking logistics. I made a deal with a worker. I'm like, I'll pay you to go get this. He's like, okay. So he picked him up, drove him home to me. My wife comes down. She goes, okay, we have a video store. My daughter was four. <laughs> when she also has her kids' movie section on there too, I get like a such a kick of her me saying, okay, Penny, you can pick a movie. We're going down and like browsing. Like, <laughs> just so like I get such a kick out of it. So I have my video stores in the basement. I don't have any kids. Sure. But when your kids go to touch the collectibles, do you tense up or? No. Um, there is a few things that, my kid knows they can play with uh-huh. they can't. So I have a Detolf shelf, okay. which has pretty much stuff I don't want them playing with. Okay. Um, but my old school Hasbro's, I'm like, those are like most of them are mine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can play with them. Like I don't like if you like. Let's say she breaks a a Hulk hug Hogan. Okay, it's thirty bucks a bag of them. You know, yeah. type of thing. Now, granted, I don't have a mail away. Like they're not touching <laughs> that stuff. Um, I kind of tell her to stay away from my elites because she has her own. Mm-hmm. She's got a bunch of her own. Because she likes playing with them. And she she's a big fan of using the entrance music and us doing the announcing of it. Oh, nice. Um, she also has a, a frozen karaoke machine with like a disco light on top. So we do the whole entrance, the whole spectacle, the whole thing. But I don't cringe too much. But that's a good question. Okay. Because even if my dog's tail whips against a sting galoob. Uh-huh. In fact, there's I'm looking at one on my loose <laughs> shelf that is tilted over. Yeah. Because his tail hit it. I still like tense up. Mm-hmm. I still cringe. I'm like... <gasps> You know, it's one of those things that maybe it's best I don't have kids <laughs> because if they went to reach for any of those figures you'd on figure, that, I, out, I would uh, tense up. <laughs> well, I did. I do Every time I go to someone's house, I do a scan. I'm like, nope, they don't have kids. Because I can tell where <laughs> stuff is. You do a quick scan, you can tell they don't have kids. You do have some cats and animals and stuff that have knocked things over. So oh, yeah. It happens. Don't get me started. It does happen. But no, I, I, I think anything that I would not want them to touch, they, it's, it's not near them. Gotcha. Okay, so you want to talk about our bad wrestling figures to wrap up our show here? Sure, let's okay. do it. My first one that I'm going to start. I'm not, I'm not going to go over here. So San Francisco Toy Makers, vibrating WCW. I can't argue that one. You loved them too? Wait, loved them or? They're so bad I loved them. You hate them, I'm assuming. I was not a fan. Okay, dude. here's why I like them. One, they were at KB Toys. Two, this was like the this wasn't the first, but this was one of the first when WCW was getting huge again line, right? Mm-hmm. So we've got Jack's Bone Crunchers. Okay, cool. These things are huge. You've got yep. Sting with the bat, Hogan with the belt. Yep. I don't know why. And looking back at them now, they're terrible. These are the ones that you push a button they vibrate. They vibrated. Literally. Like, they don't do anything else. They Correct. vibrate. And the button's obnoxiously big and red on the side <laughs> of it, too. Right. Like a giant zit on the side of them. I don't know why. Just a weird nostalgia thing I have for me. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's a bad figure that I'm a fan of. Sue me. I don't mm-hmm. care about you what's a bad figure that you love oh man bad figures that i love you know what I'll, you know what took a lot of criticism was the teenage mutant ninja Turtles wwf crossover okay yeah they took a lot of criticism a lot of people didn't like those and i'm sitting there and i'm like i love these i love mashups i'm one of those guys mm-hmm. that loves mashups if yeah. you're gonna put this and this together i'm more than likely gonna love it for example, the Jetsons met the Flintstones back in 1987. Yes. 
I was all for it. The it was critic all, on The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Family Guy meant The Simpsons. Yep. I was all for it. Yep. But if you mash something up, which is funny because I don't like the He-Man series. But you haven't seen it yet. I know. I, I know. Have you seen the package of it? Yes, I have. And it's got the nostalgia factor. Okay. But that feeling of seeing the turtles as WWF characters, yeah. that hit me right in the feels. Mm-hmm. Seeing He-Man mashed up with WWE characters, it's not it's not resonating with me. And I'm this is like one okay. of the very first few mashups that I'm like. You're going to get them. No, I don't think I. The only one I may get is Manny Faces. So you just said no, but wait, I want to get this. Uh, okay, one. <laughs> okay, and okay. What about the ring, the Castle Grayskull ring? I am only getting Savage with the battle armored uh, chest okay. plate, and I'm getting Manny Faces, and those okay, will be so the only two, and I'm drawing the line there. Okay. okay. <laughs> Another one I think that gets a lot of crap was the Bushwhackers, not the two pack, but the separate ones where they, tan, where they had the tan hats, and Hasbro's. Hasbro Bushwhackers with the tan hats. I know exactly what you're A lot of people give them crap, but I was a fan of those. I was a fan of those as well. I thought that the Bush, they always did the Bushwhackers well. Mm-hmm. And when I say they, I always, I mean Hasbro. Yeah. I always thought that Hasbro did the Bushwhackers well, whether it was the tag team two pack or it was the single carded. Mm-hmm. I thought those were good. I love the hat accessories. They had the big bite taken yes. out of it. Yes. Love detail. Awesome. Exactly. I thought that they always did well on Bushwhacker figures, so I'm not – I will never knock those. I got – I don't know who it was. I think it was Butch for Christmas one year for my aunt because my aunt knew I liked wrestling, so I'm sure she was at like a store just grabbed the first one she saw. And I'm sure those were peg warmers, so she mm-hmm. got the Bushwhacker figures, so I always had him in my federation, <laughs> my Hasbro federation. Another one – so I know you have – has softened on the bone crunchers over the years. I have softened, yes. Okay. Now let me ask you: Do you hate? Do you not hate? Hate the strong word? You did you dislike them because you were expecting so much, or because there was such a lull between the Hasbro's, then there's Bendems, and then we get bone crunchers, or was it just you know, what was the deal? Why you didn't like them so? Much? When they first came out, you were just sitting there and you're like, okay, Brett's arms are long and dangly. <laughs> It doesn't even look like Brett. First off, you no. know, <laughs> um, the Goldust figures okay. It, the figures just weren't the best, and it but was to play with. They were great. They were okay. Come on, I, I you mean, could crack bones. But you know what? I would always go back to picking up Galoobs or old San Francisco toy makers because mm-hmm. old San Francisco toy makers before they made the vibrating figures made LJN style yep. figures, and I would go back to playing with those or the Galoobs. And so when you got Jax, you looked at him and you're like, uh, okay, well, at least we got WWF figures again. And when I mean WWF figures, I mean actually articulated figures and yeah. not just Bendems. Bendems. The ju- I didn't see. I like the Oh, just- you see, we're going to fight. You, you know, like the Bendems. There's no reason to fight over that. Okay. <laughs> we got to keep it positive. Yep. But <laughs> uh, the Just Toys Bendems, I loved. I absolutely loved them. I thought they were cool looking. You could get them for cheap at KB Toys. Yes, you could. And it bridged the gap between Hasbro ending and Jax picking it up. Well, around here, were the Bone Crunchers like everywhere? Yes. Because they were everywhere. That's what I think what I loved about them so much too is you can get anybody you wanted. The only one that was hard to find initially was the first Stone Cold where you yep. were in a shirt. Oh, with the – wait. with the, like sh- the Shotgun Saturday Night one, I think. You got the Austin 316 shirt and the jeans. That was like the only one that was hard to find. Eventually, mm-hmm. we got it. Mm-hmm. I went back and bought it mint on card. What I love about those figures now is they're still worthless. Mint on card. <laughs> like everybody like bought them, kept them in the package. Still worthless. <laughs> totally worthless. They're going up a little bit in value, but still totally worthless. Right. Any other uh, figures that you? I mean, we know about the Bendems, but anyone else that you're fond of? 
that maybe bad um or people aren't necessarily not bad people aren't big fans of besides you definitely not zombies for <laughs> sure not the except zom- the, Nak- the nakamura one where he's michael jackson i will give people that one okay. I, I, okay. what about the kevin owens the bite owens bite shirt love a good pun i was gonna say creativity on the shirt okay but I'm not, I'm still not going to drop the money to purchase sure. a bite owner's bite shirt. But you don't have five belows out here, so you don't, they never make it out there. Like, <laughs> We're in California, dude. It's like twenty five and below. <laughs> twenty five below. <laughs> what did you ever get that little mini ring that Jack's put out? The mini ring with the cage with like the six wrestlers in it. Yes, uh, Scott got one. I want to say he kept it in package. If it was I'm not the mistaken, WrestleMania, the King of the Ring, and the Raw's War. Which one had the Road Warriors in it? That was probably the... Was that the King... Yeah, I think it was the King of the Ring one. Okay, so we did have that one. Okay. And that was only because the Road Warriors were in that. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the Road Warriors were in it is what sold Scott, and Scott yeah. picked it up. Okay. I thought those were cool. Yeah. I thought those were cool little displays that you could just put up, and then I guess you could wrestle with them, but I, I, do. I don't know why you... Well, in my room, I wrestled with them, and I, I, I got the Raws more when I remember... It was at, my mom and I were at Toys R Us for something else. We were there for getting a present for someone for my bir- their birthday. And of course, I'm going to the wrestling aisle to look. And like I see this package with all the things. I'm like, this is a wrestling ring. Mm-hmm. with It's got everything in it. It was like 20 bucks. I don't know what like I got the nerve to ask my mom. It wasn't a birthday or Christmas. I'm like, can I get this? And she's like, yeah. And so I was like, oh. <gasps> so now I have that. And oh, man, I, I played the crap out of that. Thing. So one thing I like to ask people is, what is some weird things that you did with your wrestling figures? Was it was it a storyline? Was it you took a wrestler and renamed them? Uh, was there ever a time where you created this m- magical storyline and it built up to this one big match? I'd say it wasn't. A, I don't know if I necessarily weird. I was a little vanilla with my storylines. Okay. Um, I didn't get too crazy with it because in my head there were rules. So I, I wasn't going to have WCW crossover. It was none of that. Mm-hmm. I did do a lot of playing the full metal CD, WWF the music CD for their entrances. Yep. But what drove me nuts was I couldn't fade out the music properly into the next one. Mm-hmm. So I dubbed the CDs on the cassettes. So like it would go perfect. Like Stone Cold's entrance would stop. And then the next track would be The Rocks or whatever, whoever it was it would play next because the CD track wasn't in order. But right. I needed it to be from a federation. So I had multiple copies of tapes I would tape over them so the entrance music would be in order. And when I would do a rumble, I've got like 10 songs, 15 songs back to back <laughs> to back in my room, sitting by myself, playing on my hands and knees, like dubbing CDs to tapes. So you knew who was coming out next. Yes, yes. yes. There was no surprises. Again, my federation, I've heard all these people talking about their figure federations and it's crazy storylines. Like I just wasn't creative. I just went what was on TV. And same with us, man. Same exact Hogan, thing. Hogan always won. Hogan always won. You know, big boot, leg drop, go home, call it a night. Pose. Yep, pose. <laughs> <laughs> but for us, it was, I wanted the entrance music. And the only time we got entrance music was the very first WWF cassette. Yeah. And then uh, Pile Driver came out. Mm-hmm. So there was the first cassette. And I think that had Junkyard Dogs music on it, if I'm not mistaken. And then Pile Driver came out, which had Strike Force Girl and Cars. Demolition was on there. Real American. Real, Real American was on the wrestling album, I think. That was the first one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And I forget what other musics, but we couldn't get all the music. And what drove me nuts. So what I would do is I would record. I would take this tape recorder, get a blank tape, put it right up to the TV, and I would play music right on there. Right. And so... For example, I would have the Rock and Roll Express, but I wouldn't have Rock and Roll Express figures. 
And I was like, why did I just record the Rock and Roll Express music? And I didn't understand. But Nikolai Volkov would sing yeah. the national anthem okay. or the Russian national anthem. And then I would have Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov in the LJN ring. And they would, I would play it. That's fantastic. Dude, that's what I had to do to get music at that time. Kids have YouTube nowadays. We don't have YouTube back then. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I've had this discussion before about how awesome it is now that there's so much access and so cool. Whenever you want, you can watch whatever you want. Yep. But you do miss a little bit of that excitement, that magic of like, I found it. Like, or, Saturday Night's Main Event is on. Yeah. It's like, it was appointment television. Yep. Like, if Saturday Night's Main Event was on now, I'd DVR it. And watch it. Get to it when I get to it. Yeah. On the network. But back in then, it was appointment television. You've got to see this. Especially those ones on Fox for me were huge for me. Remember the one right before, I think, um, was it one, which one was it? Where Macho Man and the Warrior were together. No, not the Macho Man Warrior. The one where, right before WrestleMania, I'm scrambling here. It was the one where Undertaker turned babyface. Because was that the one where he grabbed the chair from yes, Jake? Grabbed their yes, chair. I remember that one because Macho Man and Jake had like their blow off. Yep. Macho Man won and then Undertaker was backstage just didn't know it because Jake said, whoever comes through this curtain, I'm going to hit with this chair. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be Elizabeth. He's yep. going to whack her in the head with the chair. But Undertaker grabbed it. That's just like a moment in my head because it was appointment television. I had to be there to see this Macho Man Jake match. And I mean, I, I go back and forth. What's better? Is it better to have everything or better to be? to wait a little bit. I think the anticipation helps Mm -hmm. because like, what if we only had one wrestling show or two wrestling shows? Let's say AEW and WWE are the two, Yeah, but they each had one episode. Yeah, And let's say WWE was Saturday mornings. Would that still be appointment television? Would we still have to, would that week where we built up the anticipation, what's going to happen on this next Saturday show? Is that going to be enough? Is that, I mean, because right now in this generation, we are so, we have information on our phones. We've got so much other options to, to entertainment too. Like yeah. We had, obviously we had a ton of stuff to watch. There's toys, there's, there's video games, there's cartoons, but yep. to me wrestling always was the and, top. And we had limited channels too. Yeah. I, like right now my direct TV has like 178 channels. Like six of them. <laughs> yeah. I watch MLB network, yeah. <laughs> but we had to four five seven eleven thirty six and forty four mm-hmm. and that was it for us yeah and then when we got cable we got espn tbs usa and like a few other channels mm-hmm. disney channel and it was like oh my god we get five extra channels mm-hmm. six extra channels it was like oh my god yeah. right mine's blown i know right <laughs> yeah so i don't think there's a right answer to it i don't think there is but there's pros and cons to both either way it's awesome that there's it's awesome that Eric and I can do a show on Survivor Series 91 or Tuesday in Texas. Mm-hmm. And if someone's listening, they can go watch it right now. Correct. That's very, very cool. Yeah. And that's what I did with Brett's book. Mm-hmm. Brett's book, I read Brett's book, and then I went back and watched the matches. Yeah, that's awesome. And it was just basically like, okay, I'm going to put it on the network right after I read Brett's book. So he tells the match about him and Yoko at WrestleMania 9. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, Yoko's blown up. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh crap! Brett was right, right there. One of the ones that I love the most is his match against Austin at WrestleMania 13. Uh-huh. And Brett and Austin weren't gonna get color in that match. Austin throws Brett into the outside. Well, Brett had been keeping the blade between his upper lip mm-hmm. and his uh, kind of his front teeth the yeah. whole match. So the best part is, I don't know if they'll show it on the network. I can't remember, but if you go back and you watch the original uh, video. Mm-hmm. 
The cameraman follows Brett because the cameraman's standing on the ring apron. The cameraman follows Brett to the outside and you see Brett kind of cover up a little bit and you see this white thing pop out of his mouth. Okay, I want to watch this. <laughs> and, and I was like, there it is. That's the where the blade was. And then next thing you know, Austin's getting color when he runs into the uh, barricade. And I was like, oh my God, this is great. Because reading Brett's book and then going to watch it, it just kind of made it even better. Speaking of color, did you ever give your figures color? Did you ever draw never, them? Never no. did. In our weird wrestling show last week, we uh, one of the guys said he used fake blood on his wrestling buddies. Mm-hmm. Like, Little did I know that would stay in the couch. I was wrestling the guys. <laughs> I never did color either. Uh, I did once give one of the teddy bears I used a haircut and a loser loses their hair match. <laughs> <laughs> So I, my mom was like, what's all this like fuzz on the ground? I don't know. <laughs> that, was my, uh, that was my big blow off with the bear. When your friends came over, did you ever wrestle? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. We did. We did. Uh, we would do what I, I called work shoot matches mm-hmm. where we agreed that you could put the move on. Once the move is on, then it's up to you to get out of it. So if someone's got me in the figure four, I can let you put me in it. Now I can try to turn you over. I can do whatever. So... Weird rules. Agreed upon aggression is what we call it. <laughs> Weird rules we make with each other. We wrestle all the time. Did you notice that when you put the figure four on somebody and they did the reversal, it didn't hurt? Um, I, <laughs> it did not. No, <laughs> it did not. But I do know the first time I put the sharpshooter on someone who said it doesn't hurt, they were like, oh, my God. Yeah. But what blew my mind the first time someone put it on me, I'm like, this doesn't hurt your legs at all. It hurts your back. Back. Yep. Brett's always working the leg. I'm like, this is – my mind is blown. <laughs> I told this uh, on the show one time. I was watching a Sam Houston NWA match. I'm going back on the network, just yep. watching an old 1986 match. And Sam is – this whole match, he's just working the arm. Mm-hmm. And he's just doing everything to the arm. He's tying, putting the arm behind the back, body slamming on the arm. And he finishes the guy off with a bulldog. Okay. And I'm like, wait a second, why'd you work the arm the whole match? Why didn't you go for the neck or the head, you know, try to concuss him and then finish him off with the bulldog, make it a three-minute match instead of a nine-minute match where he's working the arm. You work the leg, brother. Like in the movie The Wrestler when they're all talking about, I'm going to work the neck today. Okay, then make the guy submit via arm submission or something. How old are you when this happened? Well, this was okay. just a few years okay, back. Okay, I was going to say, when you were when a kid, a break kid, it down. No, dude, I didn't. I was like, oh, cool, Sam Houston won. <laughs> I can't think of a better way to end this show than with the Sam Houston story. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> Isn't that great? Steve, I want to thank you for having me on. Okay. Or, I mean, this was a combined effort. We'll decide who's going to put the show on. I think this is more for you, and I think that this Let's was this was a lot of fun, It man. was. We kept, we, we, I figure we could talk for like four more hours, but that's not going to make for great podcasting. Yeah, usually about 1 a.m. I'm grabbing, if I have to do podcast at 1 a.m., I'm grabbing a bang energy drink or something like that. Crazy 1 a.m. podcast. Whenever yeah. I do night podcast, I feel like I'm low energy, but I had a big 400 milligram or 300 milligram caffeine drink. Sounds good tonight. Have you ever taken a nap before a podcast just to get the energy up? No, because after a nap, I'm grumpy. Oh, are <laughs> you? Leave me alone. <laughs> oh, see, that's when I'm most cheerful. <laughs> yeah. No, we're, I'm a normally a day podcaster. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, but this was super, super fun. And it's fun to do a show with one, someone that I'm friends with, mm-hmm. and two, someone that also does podcasts because you kind of know the flow. Mm-hmm. Even my co host, Eric, like, he knows it, but I feel like oftentimes, like, I, t- I tease him. He's just like, 
Like you're just not saying anything. It's like, well, you'll fill it in. You always fill it in. So <laughs> I figured we did, we did a pretty good job of not cutting each other off today. So we got that going for us. It's kind of cool. It's like two tag teams. Yeah. One guy from each tag team kind of just came together and just did a podcast. And that's what it feels like. Not the mega powers. We'll say the, uh, not, not somewhere between the mega powers and the Beverly brothers. <laughs> Let's say Hardy's and brood. There you go. Yeah. It's like, Christian. I call Gangrel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll be uh, Matt Hardy. Okay, you win. You win. <laughs> I got to get the Jimmy legs going. And the uh, old uh, 90s Hot Topic parachute, like cargo cargo pants they used to wear. I could never find those. No? Nope, you tried to? I tried, dude. <laughs> I was a Hardy Boys mark. I tried. There's still time. <laughs> no, seriously, thank you for having me to your house, and thank you for inviting me on. Or yeah. you inviting you on to me, or whatever we decide. Thank you. When you said you were going to be out here for San Francisco, it was like, okay, we've got to hang out. Yeah. About three weeks ago, it was like, three weeks, maybe a month ago, we need to podcast. And it was just kind of one of those. It's like, okay, cool. What are we going to do? Yep. We'll get it going. We'll figure it out. You sent the notes two days before and Hey, you know what? That's okay. So everyone, if you're, we, you, you collaborate with a podcast and I know it happens too. So everyone in the podcast and wrestling community, go ahead and be on each other's shows. I love to hear it when there's crossovers. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you do too. So keep doing that, everybody. It's awesome. Uh, we're at PPW Podcast. You guys are at Fully Posable. Yep. You can find us all in the same places as far as finding podcasts. We're, we're usually interacting with each other, so you can see us in our each other's comments. Yes, and, and speaking of that, thank you, everyone, for always tagging me. Don't stop tagging me and stuff. I love it. Uh, yeah. Keep tagging us. Keep tagging PPW Podcast and stuff. I'm yeah. sure you do, too. And for all the figure photographers, keep tagging us. We love seeing that stuff, man. How you guys they were able to capture something that – means so much to us mm-hmm. like one specific moment in time it, it's amazing to us like someone should capture your undertaker catching the chair from jake yeah when he's about to hit elizabeth yes someone get on that yeah. nate nate or jeff yeah somebody you guys are on it big wood style yes Go. yes anybody please capture that uh raw's nitro podcast yes also, so he's, he's pretty good too yes i was on his show his him and i did a show together that's the lost show and, oh uh, no! The audio didn't work, and we did a show on SummerSlam '91 and Great Great American Bash '91. Sometimes technology is your best friend, and then sometimes it's your worst enemy. You know what happens sometimes. That's okay. <laughs> Are we gonna wrap up your way or my way? Wrap it up your way. Thanks everyone for listening. See you next week. It's not a